Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. And welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Hey, Daddy. Hello, Mother. You know why I smile, Paulette? Because when you smile, people can hear it. You know how we go to the radio stations and we do press? And as we're go- if we listen as we're going, we can hear the excitement or the not excitement just from them doing the introduction. That's why I... I smile like that. You damn right. <laughs> and I am not going to question it. Oh, baby, today is an amazing day. How amazing is it? I'm going to tell you why today is amazing, baby, because some people went to bed last night. Mm-hmm. And they didn't wake up to this today. Okay. Last night was it. Okay, it wasn't it. Well, it wasn't it if they went over. They went to the next place. Come on. But it ain't over. It ain't they over. Just had to, they said... I don't care where you going. But you got to get the fuck up out of this life. All right, then. And then you went to the room, and he was like, this bitch ain't breathing. That's because they told They transitioned. <laughs> they was tired. Had to make that move right now. Oh, baby, today is an awesome day. You know why? Because we're all here together. We are all here together. And we're having a conversation today, Daddy, that we've been having now for years. But it can't seem to get any traction. Mm-hmm. Or get anywhere with it. Now, you have a lot of little things that jump up around it. You know, a lot of little protests or or or, or fights or whatever it is. But never have we really dealt with it. Right. So what we talking about today, sweetie? We're talking about reparations. What? Should we and could we get them as African Americans is what we're talking about. We ain't put that the African Americans in the title because it was a little too long. But we figured we could explain it. But... That's what it is. Now, I'm going to tell you what's so funny. Because the day when we were having dance class and I told the white, we were talking about the day reparations. And he was like, what do, you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And so many of us, especially our younger babies, have no idea what reparations mean for African people. Paulette, you want to uh, bust out what reparations mean? Uh, so the definition that we have, the source is Wikipedia. Reparations for slavery is a proposal that some type of compensation should be provided to the descendants of enslaved people in the United States in consideration of the forced and uncompensated labor their ancestors performed over centuries. This compensation has been proposed in a variety of forms from individual monetary payments to land-based compensation related to independence. Thank you very much, ma'am. Reparations. Now, I love when Robin reads because she reads with such clear enunciations. Robin is the funeral reader in our family. The we don't give a reader. fuck who dies. She's going to read for him. I don't 
That's right. Because they appreciate her reading. That is. And she gave it in a very beautiful way. I'm going to give it in the nigga way. We want our shit that y'all was supposed to give us. And y'all acted like we ain't supposed to get it. Go here, daddy. <laughs> thank you. But just for, thank you. And, and and so that's what we're discussing today. And uh, reading from the uh, Constitutional Rights Foundation. Um Reparations for slavery is not a new idea. And actually, before the Civil War, General William Sherman issued an order in South Carolina, and he wanted 40 acres and the loan of an army mule set aside for each former slave family. Now, this order was never carried out. After the war, radical Republicans in Congress passed laws requiring confiscation of former Confederate property to provide the ex-slaves with 40 acres and a mule. In 1866, President Andrew Johnson vetoed the legislation, and the next push for reparations took place at the turn of the century. Several black organizations lobbied Congress to provide pensions for former slaves and their children. Uh, one bill introduced into the U.S. Senate in 19—I'm sorry, into 1894—would have granted direct payments of up to $500 to all ex-slaves, plus monthly pensions ranging from four to $15. This and several similar bills died in the Congressional Committee. The pension movement itself faded away with the onset of World War I. Mm. During the 60s, some black leaders revived the idea of reparations. In 1969, James Foreman, then head of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, proclaimed a black manifesto. It demanded $500 million from American churches and synagogues for their role in perpetuating slavery before the Civil War. Black nationalist organizations such as the Black Panther Party and black Muslims also demanded reparations. In the 80s, a new call rose for black reparations. It was stimulated by two other movements that successfully secured the payments from the U.S. government. The Supreme Court in 1980 ordered the federal government to pay out Sioux Indian tribes $122 million to compensate for the illegal seizure of tribal lands in 1877. Then in 1988, Congress approved the payment of $1.2 billion to 60,000 Japanese-American citizens who had been interned in prison camps for World War II. In 1889, Councilmember Ray Jenkins guided through the Detroit City Council and resolution. It called for $40 billion federal education fund for black college and trade school students. About the same time, a conference of black state legislators meetings in New Orleans backed the idea of a federally financed education fund for descendants of slaves. Shortly afterward, Rep. John Conyers drafted the bill calling for the establishment of the Congressional Committee to study the impact of slavery. And since 1989, he's been trying to push to make that happen. And we just I'm reading that to give you some sort of context whereby you see the Native Americans who have received reparations and justly so. You see the uh, Japanese Americans who receive reparations. So does it seem as if it's unfair for people of African-American descent who were enslaved for hundreds of years mm -hmm. to get reparations. And here we go. Well, you know, Daddy, and, and the number today is 404-832-2962. Let us know what you think about reparations. But I also think that when, you know, our, our Native brothers and sisters received it, you said some of our Asian brothers and sisters received it, and we have not received it, and is it fair? Well, when the Native brothers and sisters received it, did they stand together? 
when our Asian brothers and sisters receive it, did they stand together? Because there's something about us that we're too afraid to stand together. Let's see what you're thinking about reparations. Let's go to the lines. <laughs> hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? How you doing, Monique? This is David calling from Hawaii. Aloha. Hey, David. Aloha. aloha. Um, uh, just recently, uh, I think it was last year, uh, we know that there was a report came out. The UN put out a report uh, that that redress is owed. You know what I'm saying? They they did a report and said that crimes against humanity have taken place for over centuries. The UN put out an official report. And another thing that also happened is, do you guys recall the Congress held, they pretty much walked the 9-11 family members through, at, in Congress, where a bill was, was actually passed. President Obama vetoed the bill. And the bill was for the 9-11 family members to receive redress. We all fell asleep when they switched the wording on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so um, Obama vetoed the bill, and they overrode the veto to sue Saudi Arabia. You know what I'm saying? For what wow. happened during 9-11. So they did it right in front of our face. And, wow. you know, they didn't mention the word reparations because we already know you guys are on point with what y'all are saying, that there, there's already, this is not a precedent. Appreciate that knowledge, man. Thank you, Brother David. Yep. And aloha, baby. Absolutely. Aloha. Hey, I mean, he just dropped a knowledge in reference to that because I was unaware of it. But this is what transpires on a daily basis. The changing of a title can allow things to slip through. And when the president, if this is accurate, uh, when the president vetoes it and they overrule it to make sure that they get that, what would be the reason why they would be uncomfortable not giving people of African-American descent uh, reparations for what transpires for hundreds of years. We're talking about it, my loves, reparations. Should we and could we as African people that live in the United States of America get it? Let's go to the lines. We're talking about it. Hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hello? <laughs> they missed it. They missed it. That's all. You know, and, and the one question I had before we took the last call was, can we stand together? And in my humble opinion, I think that's one of our biggest issues. Yes, we should get it. We're supposed to get it. But when you said, well, how do we go about getting it? It's so hard for us as African people that live in America. It is so hard for us to come together because that fear has been embedded so deeply that you have us, and when I say us, us Africans, you have us saying, leave that shit alone. Let's go to the lines. We're talking about it. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Tahir Register, Atlanta. Hey, baby, talk to us. Um, I'm listening to what's going on, and I love what I'm hearing. The guy that was just on the phone, uh, I didn't know that information either. But I will say, to answer the question, I do think we should get reparations. But I believe what's happening is because the, the construction of America is built off of what the African slaves did, and there, there are billionaires to this day still benefiting from slave labor, I think the reason why it keeps getting vetoed or pushed away or pushed aside is because America 
is already in debt. And if we were to get reparations, there would be no America because they would have no money left. We're owed so much money for building this company, for building the railroads, for building the systems that make America what it is, that if we did get reparations, we would wipe America out because they would not control America anymore. We would. They would, as far as financial is concerned, they would literally go broke. And they already owe so much money to all these unnecessary wars that's been going on and everything. And while that's not our, we shouldn't be concerned about that, I think that's the reason why they haven't happened yet. Hey, we appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, sweetness. Of course. Thank y'all. Um, he makes a good point. However, there's more than one way to skin the proverbial cat. Come on. And we'll be discussing that later on in the show as it pertains to reparations, because that is a con, if you will, versus a pro in terms of people's argument that it would wipe out America based upon how many people of African-American descent there are that have been wronged by slavery. But we'll get into that. We're going to take some more of these calls. Come on, let's go to the lines. Hey, my love, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hi, Auntie and Uncle and Aunties. This is Isra. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> I finally got through. Um, I, I just want to say, um, I, I listened to what the brother was just saying about if they gave us our... 40 acres and a mule or any kind of redress or reparations, repayment, or reconciliation, reward, or whatever the hell you want to call it, um, that that there would be no more money left if they did that. Okay, let's just say we do it like this then. How about we start with the great-great-great-grandmothers right now and give them their 40 acres and a mule. Hell, give them 10 acres and a dog. <laughs> give, <them anything. laughs> Just give them something to say, I'm That's sorry. What's up. Even the damn aborigines were given an apology for what they went through, you know, and, and, and what they were, were, were put through in Australia. They literally stood up there and said, we apologize for mm. trying to sterilize and poison and kill you. We're sorry. Sometimes it's just a simple two words that don't make a difference. That alone could be, could be, um, would, would be a form of reparation if you stuck by that. Mm-hmm. But literally, you have, I, I, I have, there is no other race like ours that has been hated for so long and treated like shit for so long. We can't go anywhere on this planet without being looked down upon, frowned upon, scoffed at, you know, kicked at, thrown away, target practice, nowhere. You can't go anywhere. I've literally been to Alaska, and they smiled because I'm standing around a bunch of other white folks because I'm on the gay cruise with a bunch of other white men. So they're like, oh, hi, because, you know, but had I been walking in the store alone, I don't know what what would have happened to me or how I would have been treated, because that's just how we're being treated all around the world. Mm. So asking for 40 acres in the mule, if you just start with just a category of people, just start with the old folks first and give them a house. Fuck the 40 acres. Just give them a house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give them a house and a car, a dog, and a cat, and a bird. Okay? I'm pretty sure they'll be happy at the faggot in Boy Town with a bag full of dicks. Because <laughs> at least they'll be giving, you know, you'll be giving them something, something to show that you acknowledge that you have wronged them. And, and that's, 
I think too, sis, I think if the acknowledgement even happened, that's a start. There's not even been an acknowledgement that there has been a a crime committed. It's almost like, and then there are some places where slavery has been taken out the books, the history books. I don't know if it's all over Texas. I can't say that. But where my niece was going to school in the part of Texas she lived in. She said, Aunt Nikki, it's totally taken out of our history books as if it never really? happened. Wow. So when I, didn't I said, know that. Well, yes. I said, Well, what did what are y'all parents saying? Well, uh-huh. it was just like, oh wow. And that's why it's able to happen. Because oftentimes we as African people, our response is, oh wow. Not yeah. hell no. <laughs> we gotta exactly. go up to this goddamn you school. Know, like, not not you know what? I I I praise those people, <laughs> I, I um, praise those people who actually have their own schools teaching black history, because that's the only place you're going to learn it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just, it's a shame. But I love you guys. We I don't want to take back. any more of your time. We love you, my Come baby. New York. We got to have dinner. <laughs> we got to do it. All right, honey. <laughs> okay, bye. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Open Relationship with Monique and Sydney Hicks. The call-in number today, my babies, is 404-832-2962. And we're talking about reparations. Should we and could we as African people receive it in the United States of America? And uh, from the piece I was reading earlier, there's some of the pros and cons we'll read, but one of the cons or a few of the cons that are written that there are no black slaves living today. Slavery ended more than 160 years ago at the cost of 700,000 lives lost in the Civil War. It is unfair to ask American taxpayers, many of them from families that came to the United States after slavery ended, to pay for the wrong that slavery had done. That's one of the Mm. cons that people are speaking about. But we're going to go to the lines, find out what you think. Come on, reparations. Hey, sweet, you're on with Monique and Sydney. What's your name and where you're calling from? Uh, good afternoon. How y'all doing? My name is Gregory Jacob, and I'm calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, hey. Gregory Jacob. <laughs> Talk to um, us. Yeah, I feel that reparations should be possible, and I think that everyone can get reparations because the thing about it is I, I think that you know, God, you know, I, I think that God maybe allows some people to make mistakes for a reason because some people, we, we as human beings, some of us, we just have impulses, and we sometimes these impulses lead us to do things that might be considered wrong to others, but we might not see that at the time. So God may allow us to make that mistake so that we can learn what it is that we did right and what it is that we did wrong. But the, but the thing about it is, it's not about the mistakes or the magnitude of it that we made. It's about rising above it, using it to kind of as a teaching tool to maybe be be a better us. 
you know, be better than we already were. Now, when you say that, how are you applying that to this situation, just for clarity? I think that, well, I, I well, the thing, the issue is with reparations. I think that, I think that everyone on this earth can be redeemed. I don't think any. I, the way I feel, I don't. I feel that no one is beyond redemption. I think that with enough work and dedication, because it will take a lot of work and dedication. I feel that with enough work, we can probably we we'd be able to turn. You know our current situation around, around and be able to do something productive and constructive with the community and for the community. Now, are you proposing that as opposed to reparations? Are you saying essentially don't worry about the reparations, the discussion per se, and just move on and just learn from what was done to us? Well, no, I'm saying not only work with the reparations, but kind of use them to help not only yourself, but to help others because there are some out there who don't understand the process of reparation, don't understand how to redeem themselves because some people just, some might not just, just might not be taught right from wrong. And some, and you know, sometimes it might get out of control. And if we don't do anything about it, then, then it, it, it just stays there. My man, we appreciate you. Thank you, sweets. Yes, ma'am. All right, y'all have a good day. You, you do the same. And tell Big Frida we said hey from New Orleans. <laughs> <Yes, ma'am. laughs> That's what's up. Reparations. Reparations. Should we or could we get them as African people living in the United States of America? I, I'm, I, I was trying to understand the best I could what this baby was saying, and I think, and help me, guys, if maybe I wasn't hearing it right, because this is my way I formulated what he said, that people that had slaves. They just made a bad mistake. Uh-oh. Is that what he was saying? And that, is that, because I just wanted to try to be clear. Cause I wasn't sure okay. per se uh, what exactly, that's why I was trying to get a level of clarity from it. But what we got from it at the end of the day is that, you know, we can learn from this. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to learn how we could potentially get reparations for what is wrong. Let's go to the lines. Let's go to the lines because, hey, Shook, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you calling from? This is a mommy activist from Washington, D.C. Love you. Hey, baby, we love you back, sis. Talk to us. You know, I was thinking about reparation when you talk about it. For one thing, when I went to Congressional Black Caucus a couple of years ago, Ron Daniels from the Institute of Black World and John Conyers gave something that was unbelievable. It was about reparation, and it had people from all over the world there talking about how they wanted reparation when I thought it was just for us here. You know, but you have to have the right information and the right conversation going on so that people will follow and get involved. They have a National African American Reparation Commission that you can get into and get your information and fight. Reparation is something we should never give up on. I guess I'll die trying. I wish in my life I could see things like this take place, but we'll do it. We should get it, and we do have to stick together. But we have such a threat on, on our back that, you know, people, I can understand people getting afraid, but it's something that we as warriors yes. have to fight for. That reparation is so important, yes. you know, Absolutely. that we, we have to, we, you know, you have to have the right information. That's what I do. I look up stuff and make sure 
when I go places, you know, because I tell them my Ph.D. is professional hair designer, but it didn't stop That's me from right. going. That's right. Come on. Go get it. <laughs> you know, we love you, Mama. So even at my you know, even at my age, I want everyone to know how important it is that we have to fight. If you can't fight, you, you strengthen a warrior and send them out there. Come That's on. That's right. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Was you going to say something, Daddy? Go ahead. You know, when we speak about reparations, right, every presidential election I've ever heard to include President Barack Obama's, I heard not one president speak about reparations. I've never heard not one political person that ran for that office, as long as I've known what a president was, speak about reparations. So the one thing we can do when the next election comes up, for black people, for African people in this country, we need to ask whoever that candidate is, what are you going to do about reparations? Like everybody says, health care is a big deal, and it is. It is. Uh, Social Security is a big deal. It is. And they make sure these presidents hit those notes. May they be telling the truth or not, those are, are, are topics that's covered. Why not make this a number one topic? Well, they're not going to make it a number one topic because reparations is not something that we're faced with, that question every day versus medical and things of that nature. But this should be up there because... <clears throat> what people are not paying attention to and what John Conyers was trying to bring to the attention of folks was uh, the fact that what happened hundreds of years ago has a trickle down effect on what we're dealing with today. Yes. Because if you didn't get yesterday what you were supposed to receive, how can you have what you're supposed to receive today? Come on. They owed you money yesterday that they were supposed to give you. If they gave you that money, it would have changed your life. They elected not to give you that money. And your life has not changed for the better. It's changed for the worse. That's perpetuated. If you have a group of people who are in charge of everything and forever part of the propaganda which allowed slavery to exist was the perpetuation of the myth that people of color were like our Native American brothers. We were savages. Anybody who was not Caucasian was considered a savage. So it allowed this to go on and on and on. With the influence of religion that was taught to us as uh, and, and created a, a divide amongst ourselves in the community because we didn't come to this country under the impression that a white Jesus was our Lord and Savior. We were praying to beings that came in on spaceships from high above that they said came from Sirius B. And if you look to the Dogon tribe, they will, you know, speak to this history from 5,000 years ago. So that being the case, if we fast forward today to reparations, the large problem is a, a fear of giving African-Americans a great deal of money at one time, because what would the white counterparts say? But what would happen if we took away the excuse of having to give African-Americans a great deal of money in order for reparations to take place? Mm. I'm teasing you with that. We're going to get into it in a sec. Come on, y'all. Reparations. If you're just joining us and you're one of our babies to the show and you're saying, well, what is reparations? Reparations is what the uh, slaves were due once we were freed. We were supposed to get 40 acres and a mule. Well, that didn't happen from that day to this one. We've never gotten it, which means we've never gotten a fair chance at the race. So when you have people to say, and the cons of this, and well, if we do this, like you were saying, 
That's why we sit where we sit right now. Because we've not dealt with it from then. Let's go to the lines. Reparations. We're talking about it. Hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? This is uh, Joe. I'm calling from Atlanta. Hey, Joe, I'm calling from Atlanta. Talk to us, baby. Okay, this is my thing I've been saying about reparations. Uh, they always try to say a monetary value on reparations. But you got to realize that slavery was an institutional thing. That meant that you had states in the Confederacy that legalized slavery. So it was okay for a company to, to own slaves and do business with slave owners. So that means that reparations should be awarded institutionally. So you should have those states that participate in it. That's why I was against taking down those statues, those Confederate statues, because that symbolizes these people believed in slavery. Mm -hmm. So if you take the states that participated that legalized slavery institutionally, then you made it possible that African Americans could, in those states, attend universities free, scholarships free. Mm -hmm. That would be a way for the award black people reparations. They're not going to give us uh, 40 acres of mule. They're not going to give us $2,000 a piece. But <laughs> All right. But institutionally, awarding it to the, the, the states that was part of the Confederacy, that all state universities, that African-American descendants, descendants of slaves, rather, would be able to be able to attend those universities free, as long as they kept up a, a, a acceptable a grade point average, that they wouldn't have to pay any tuitions for any books or anything. That's and and, and they're not going to give us that. So we have to take that to court, and that should be part of the remedies that we want to be awarded. Absolutely, and can't deny that. Because these states legalized it, so when we go after the companies like the railroad, they were they were merely doing business because the states sanctioned slavery. That's a thought. That's a thought. We appreciate your call. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, baby. Reparations. We're talking about it. We're talking about. Should we and could we, as African people in the United States of America, receive reparations? And in my humble opinion, if it has to do with anything coming out of the pocket of the government per se, it's going to be a difficult sell. But you got to look at what the issues are to approach it to make your pitch for something to be done for people of color. And what I propose is, it's a level of difficulty to get them to give folks, you know, they were considering taking out meals on wheels mm. for older folks. It's difficult for you to get people of color books that equal the suburbanites and the individuals that, you know, go to schools in a different district than, you know, the inner city. So how can we make this work where people of color could benefit from that? And what I would propose is creating a new tax law 
for people of African-American descent, which simply means that if you are of the wealthiest, wealthiest, the most you would pay on your taxes is 15%. If you are the lowest, 5%, and in between 10 So you've got almost a hierarchy, a hierarchy of lower class, 5%, they keep 95% of their money. If you are middle class, you keep 90% of your money. And if you are 100 grand and over, 15% of your money. And what that would do is take away the argument of having to give people anything and allow a mutual people who are reaping the benefits from this are working. They're not asking for what folks are referring to their cop-out as a handout. But you get to keep more of what it is that you have. And I don't think that's an unfair proposal, being that a millionaire by the name of Mitt Romney pays 15% on his money because this is what you're allowed to pay when you do your business through stocks and trading. So if you can find a loophole in this society to allow the wealthy to pay 15%, surely people who have been oppressed at the highest end should be allowed to keep 85% of their money, 90% of their money if you're in the middle class, and 95%, and see what happens to you, you, to the individuals who are listening, if you got a chance to keep 85, 95, 90% of your money, mm. what would happen? Come on, y'all, reparations. Daddy, I think, damn it, you done solved it. I don't know if I solved I, it. God damn it. Do but I, I, I don't know if I solved it, but I know there's a level of consideration that should be had for it because it takes away from the excuses because what folks are saying is, well, like earlier, if we gave blacks all of what they were supposed to be owed, it would bankrupt the country. Despite the fact that they found money and ways in which to take care of the Native Americans, the Japanese Americans, and others around the world. So we understand we're different. Mm. Okay. But open to negotiating and open to working and open to do a level of overlooking of what transpired in the past and open to realizing that there may be some validity to the printing of money for African-Americans that go into the billions to take care of reparations. Mm. So let's make it easy. Those working African-Americans who get what they get, look at what you receive and make sure you come home with more as opposed to you're going to try to do regular things with half of your money because the government because the government is telling you, hey, uh, you owe 37, 40 <laughs> and a half percent, 40 percent for your taxes. Dogs. And now you get to walk home with 60 percent of your money. And that's it. How that's is my that? proposal. Because they said so. And who, what did Bernie say? Who the fuck is they? Who the fuck is they? Who the fuck is they? Now, I, I please do not quote me. But it has always been in the air that when it came to taxes, that the IRS, don't quote me, it was just in the air, wasn't a real um, entity. 
Like it was something it's, it's that was. It's a real entity, but uh, yeah, I forgot the to, the terminologies that they use that they use. But it's almost the equivalent of being under the impression that the Federal Reserve is owned by the federal government, which it is not. It's mm. that type of equivalent. Mm. Because again, the usage of words and titles allow you to form your opinion. They didn't say that's what it was. They just gave you the title to allow you to form your opinion. And through investigation, you realize the Federal Reserve is, is not part of the federal government at all. We're talking about it, babies. Reparations. Should we or could we, as African people, receive reparations from the United States of America? And I think, too, Daddy, where it is a uphill battle, again, when you have people that look like us. Look like us. Mm-hmm. And they say, if y'all don't go here with that shit, if y'all don't go here with that bullshit fight, see, you have people that look like us that walked us to those ships. You have people that look like us that said, listen, what you going to do for me? I'll give you a million of them, but what you going to put in my pocket? And you still have those people today that feel like, fuck the rest of them. What you need me to do? You need me to turn, you need me to throw them under the bus? I will do whatever you need me to do to have favor in your eyes. And as long as we still have those people out there, it's an uphill climb. Let's go to the lines. We're talking about reparations. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Talk to us. One more time. Someone just put uh, YouTube Sherry Jackson, IRS agent, said she has some great information. That was the woman that we had seen before, I believe. I think it was an African-American sister that yes. we had seen that was breaking down her understanding of the IRS and tax laws and things of that nature that, um, you know, we're currently paying today. And if that is, in fact, the case and, and the benefits of allowing African-Americans to have more to spend is that. That that money that we have more to spend, you know, it's going to go back into the society that we live in. It's going to help the influx of businesses and things of that nature. It may start with the creation of businesses because there are many people that I know of African-American descent that work a regular gig, but they got another hustle trying to be self-employed. These Mm -hmm. things would allow businesses to start up. So it's not just something that people of African-American descent would reap the benefits of. It's something that potentially everyone could reap the benefits of by just playing folks fair. Let's go to the line. Come on. You know, someone just put, uh, hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hey, my name's Black Gladiator. I'm calling from out of Washington, D.C. Hey, baby. Hey, um, as far as reparations is concerned, I think that far, I think that we should not get reparations just yet because Changing the environment without changing the mind state that we have will recreate the old environment. So what I mean by that is we've, we've been conditioned to have such a poor mind that even if we do get reparations, we might still commit genocide against one another. You know, we might still be doing certain harmful things and oppressing each other down. So I think that we should not get reparations just yet without changing our mind state first. I think it's important that we change our mind state and that we shouldn't blame the Jim Crow educational system, the prison industrial complex system, or the American Aid Society for our problems or the sole purpose of our problems. But I think we should blame um, 
ourselves and our lack of ignorance and our lack of um, attentiveness um, and discretion. And I think we should stop looking for other people to basically being black. We should stop looking for other people to give us trends when they're looking for us to validate trends that they set. I'm not sure that I understood the last part, but I believe I understood the majority of what you were saying. And the question that I would ask you is, based upon what you're saying, you seem to have looked at things in such a way, I'll say from a stratosphere perception, which allows you to be able to assess that overwhelmingly African-Americans probably don't understand how to handle the money that if they got it back, we should be we should wait a little bit longer. What do you think the pivotal moment would be to allow individuals to know if they were ready or not? Because if you seem to be ready and cognizant of that, why would it be that uh, a vast number of African Americans wouldn't be cognizant of that same fact? Well, it's not, I I really don't know how to answer that question, but I will give my best shot and try to say that. Um, it, it's up to each. It's up to each known. I can't give a specific time. You know, I I I don't know how to come. I don't like how Tupac said. I don't know how to take responsibility for every black male actions. You know, I don't know how to do that. You know, it, it comes to a point in time where everyone has to take up their own actions, and everyone has to recognize themselves and look at look at themselves in the mirror and have to face. You know, what it is that they're going through, but. To change the mind is basically the whole thing about it because if you keep coming in with the same mindset or the same perspective, you know, then we we as a people won't get nowhere. How many times do we see these pastors out here, you know, um, not, not going against the pastors because I'm a Christian, but how many times do we see these pastors out here, you know, preaching the same gospel for years? How many, how many times do we have to see um, the same people like Dr. Umar Johnson and Brother Polite, you know, all given the same strategies and the same things. I think it, I think all these people have solutions for wars outside of themselves, but when it comes to, you know, solving the solution for the war within inside of themselves, they don't have no clue. So I, I think it's really about solving the solution or making the solution, um, excuse me, I'm going to get my words tied. I know what I you think mean. It's a, yeah, I think it's about solving the war within side yourself. And and, you know? and I'm 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 gonna keep you a little bit longer because I can tell uh young brother that you you you're thinking about it, but I want to share something with you because it's one of those things where um it's difficult to have it both ways. And when you speak in reference to what we as people of color are not ready for, but then the question or the statement you say that you can't speak for all black people, to some degree your opinion, if you were given the ability to say yes or no would have just said that, no, I'm not going to give this to our people because we're not ready for it. And you just made the decision for all the black people that you they ain't ready for it. And what happens is that's due, in my humble opinion, to the conditioning that it makes us appear that we are not astute. And don't get me wrong, I don't know, we don't know everything, but you will never get a chance to learn how to deal with money unless you have the money to deal with. So I prefer that they give the folks what it is that they owed as a, and, and let them mess it up if they so choose than to deal with the messed up fact that they never gave us the money in the first place. So 
that's just something to consider. But we appreciate the love and appreciate you calling in with your opinion. Thank you, sweet baby. No problem. Thank y'all. All right. Reparations, my love, we're talking about it. You know, and someone put it in the room. Monique, you didn't get to where you got due to reparations. You got there due to hard work. And I want to respond to that. I did get there due to hard work. However, reparations are still due. One doesn't knock out the other. And what happens is, and I believe the picture in the screen is that of one of our white brothers, and it may be somebody else, but his picture is that. What happens is when you've never walked the walk that we've had to walk, it's really hard for you to speak on the path that we've had to take. So when you make comments like that, yes, hard work pays off. It really does. However, we're still due for building this country. And the problem is oftentimes we hear people talking about work work, work. I heard Denzel Washington, who I love as an actor, and he said, we still working, y'all. We still working. We working now. And we working now. And what happens is we was working then, see? But just like now and then, the, the pay wasn't fair. The pay is more, but the pay's not fair. And what we need to do is stop talking so much about working and how do we just working and being happy for the work. And we need to be as happy as the employees who are hiring the workers when they get their paychecks. And there needs to be a level of happiness amongst the people who are working. And part of that will come from you being able to hold on to a bit more of what you have than letting it go. And it is due. Because the status of the world that we live in today is based upon, I defy anyone to bring up a problem that exists in 2017 that cannot somehow be placed and show you the uh, uh, derivation of that is from slavery. Right. That's why when people say just get over it, well, you can't because it's right here. And no one tells the Jews to get over Hitler. And no that one. lasted, what, four to six years? And six million people were allegedly killed, but 600 million people were estimated to be killed during the slave trade. But we should forget it. And I think what happened, though, Daddy, and I could be 100% wrong. I think what happened all the way back then we sold us out. Oh, yeah. And we never stopped selling us out. And what that white man does know, they will sell their mothers out. If they're going to get a dollar, that's what they know. And when you read Lewis Gossip's book, he says the one thing that Hollywood knows, what one nigga won't do, another nigga will. So when we live in a society and we live in this place called the United States of America, and if we do go all the way back, we've always sold one another out. Reparations, baby. Should we get it? As Africans in the United States of America, let's go to the lines and talk about it. Oh, okay, baby. We talk <laughs> We talking about it. We talking about it. Reparations. We're uh, talking about it. And, you know, someone said in the room, People, so are you saying people that's born in wealth don't know hard work? 
Like children that's born to wealthy parents, do they know what it is to work hard? Well, it's whatever your definition of hard work is, because your definition of hard work may be different from my definition of hard work. So we want to keep generalizing shit and throwing everything in the bowl and saying this is what it is, like our last baby that called in. But that, that question has nothing to do with the issue. Come on, then, bring and, me back. And, and that's, the, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the problem that we normally have. Someone will throw something and we go bone chasing because somebody threw the stick. Now let's go chase after that because we feel the need to uh, explore and speak on everything that's brought our way. And then it diverts our attention from speaking on the issues. The master of that is Donald Trump because Mm. there's no more expert individual at messing up and then creating things to make everyone else look at. There's some people that speculate that 9-11 was not some outside terrorist. That was something that was inside because of what was transparent to divert attention. So what we're saying is don't divert your attention on some bullshit. The reality is why shouldn't we have it but other people have and they haven't suffered the plight for hundreds of years as we have? Let's talk about it. We're going to the lines. Hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hi, um, my name's Andy, and I'm from Iowa. Hey, Andy from Iowa. Talk to us. Okay, so um, I've been watching, and um, first off, I, I am a white transgender individual. Just want to put that out there real quick. Um, I've been watching, and um, I've seen a lot of white people in the comments that are not understanding the issue at hand, um, they seem to get caught up in this notion of, well, I didn't do that. And, um, I, you know, I never owned slaves, and my grandfather never owned slaves, and the whole thing. And to me, that's willful ignorance, because we all know about slavery. We all know that our ancestors did it. And it's not just slavery, it's colonialism from Europeans in general. Mm. And um, getting caught up in, well, I didn't do that, defeats the purpose because, you know, whenever we talk about Native Americans, we, we say, you know, we acknowledge that they have um, reservations. And even those are not being honored. You know, mm-hmm. take a look at Standing Rock, um, and things like that. So, to me, I think if reparations are going to be um, a thing that actually happens, we need to, um, first off, overhaul the entire government, because the way it's set up right now is not going to work. I mean, it's not, it, it won't happen with the government that we have right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I think we just need to, we need to have an educational process. And, you know, like it was said by by Mo earlier in the broadcast, even in the schools nowadays, they're not talking about slavery like that really anymore. They're not educating the children about it. So you have a bunch of kids that grow up not acknowledging that that was even a thing and that um, colonialism even happened. So I think it's a larger conversation of what was done and re-educating people to that fact of what 
what white European colonists did, and it's a decolonizing of the mind that needs to happen for people. Come on now. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that call. We love you, Andy, and if I'm ever in Iowa, you got two tickets to whatever show I'm doing, baby. Okay, thank you so much. I love you guys. Love, love you, you, sweetness. And, okay, bye. And, and what happens is this is the reason why during these um, trials and tribulations with uh, women who have been uh, sexually mistreated uh, and they're asking for uh, the men to speak up because as crazy as it sounds, one would say, well, what does it matter that our caller from is from our Iowa and he's a white transgender male? What, what, what matters and why it matters though it shouldn't, but why it matters is because you have somebody that does not look like you, but connects with the principles that you're speaking in reference to, which is the reason why we as black people can't get caught up in the thinking that all white people are a certain way because of Donald Trump's base. Come on. Can I believe that? Because we would be committing the same mistake that has been imposed upon people of African-American descent, Asians, you know, uh, we are not, uh, uh, isolated in the exploitation of ourselves uh, or being exploited by uh, the government, the forefathers, the Chinese were and the Chinese Exclusion Act, the Japanese, World War II, come on, the Native Americans, the ancient Aztecs, the Mexicans got to climb over a wall to get back into a country that they are the indigenous people too. Come on. So we're not the only ones. So when we understand that you can't look at a person and tell who's your friend, because we've gotten calls from people who were black on this line today that sounded less of a friend (laughs) or less uh, on the side of making this happen than a gentleman and a, I'm sorry, an individual that called in and said, hey, I'm a white transgendered male and That's our brother that we connect with. So we say all this to say, let's focus not on the black and white as it pertains to who we reach out to. Because when we look closely, though we be hearing about the Black Lives Matter and so forth and so on, look at the black folks. They're mad. They're angry. If you look closely, there's a lot of white folks out there walking along with us. Come on, baby. So make sure you understand that there's a lot of people that are your friends and believe in what you believe and you ain't going to be able to tell just by looking at them. Just like there's a lot of people out there that are not your friends and you not going to tell that they don't believe brotherhood. Yeah, black man, but they black just like you and they don't believe in that. Come on, y'all. We're talking about it. Reparation. Should we, could we, as African people receive it from the United States of America? Let's go to the lines. Hey, baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hey, this is Tony. I'm calling from Jersey again. Hey, Tony from Jersey again. <laughs> I just want to make it short, but in the words of Monique, I'm going to be as tactful as I possibly can. Did she say that? <laughs> <laughs> she always used to say that in the That's other right. shoes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got people saying, why in the fuck are people angry about what our ancestors did? Or we didn't do that. That was our ancestors. But we can't act like 1970 was that long ago because... 
that could have been your parents and grandparents. Even though slavery ended in the 1800s, Jim Crow still went on until 1970. I'm only 21 years old, which means my parents were born. My dad was born in 1959, so he was 11, and all of that shit was going on still. Mm -hmm. We can't act like it was so long ago when you still have plenty of people walking around on the earth that was here when racism was at its height. Tell them. And it wasn't legal for interracial marriage until 1967. And people don't understand that. That's crazy. That's crazy. My man. We love you, baby. Appreciate the call. It was good to talk to you all again. You too, baby. Ooh, reparations. And think about the word, reparations. See, what happens is, and I think this is what we're trying to articulate sometimes as African Americans, but don't get a chance to say it, and that is we're not holding the white people of today responsible for what happened yesterday. Right. We're holding the forefathers who created the laws and allowed the things to take place then and impose uh, unfair treatment on African-Americans. What we're doing is asking the Caucasians today, if you believe that that is unfair, what do you think a fair way to get individuals who are still suffering today from what they didn't get yesterday, what's a fair way to get them what they're supposed to get? Because you cannot speak about, I don't have a racist bone in my body, but you knew and you know that slavery, we can show you, has affected people of color in the society that we live in today. If you realize that, how do you show that you don't have a racist bone in your body, that you can see the other person's side? And I believe, like our brother from Iowa just said, it's through just connecting with the principles, not Mm. connecting with what color that person is. Because uh, I'll call it, I said early, he doesn't believe that black people are able to take care and would do the right thing with the money. Perhaps they wouldn't. Perhaps they wouldn't. But that is a myth about us that's been perpetuated from hundreds of years ago. I grew up listening to my father say, I don't want a black doctor. I Come want on. a Jew. Come on. And I used to look at him and say, what? Why, why is that? Come so on. what if they said they didn't want a black worker at General Motors? They wanted a Jew. And this is not to take away from someone who's Jewish, because the same way you have individuals that are uh, able to uh, do their job on a high level who happen to be Jewish, you have individuals who are African-American and of all uh, colors and all variations of originations from around the world who do the same thing. So we begin to demean ourselves because we've been used to watching us be demeaned by them for so long. Mm. Reparations, my babies. And, and Maynard keeps putting in the room, the word is now change, Mo. It's reprise. It's a reprise. And there it is. Like the word that they done slipped in. They done took reparations yeah, off the saying. book. Even and then they done started a new word. So now even for you to go and say, we fighting for reparations, now they look at you like, well, what the fuck is reparations? We've taken it off the books. I heard that. But we know what the word is. Right. We so know what the tomato, word is. you say tomato, you say tomato. We just say, give us our shit. Give us free. Give it to us. Give us free. Come on. Let's, let's go take to the last line. call. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Talk to us. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, um, baby. My, what I wanted to say was this here is that about the um, about for us to get representation, 
why don't we just look at the um, results of how our other brothers are, the Jewish people, how they got recompensed for the Holocaust. And, like, they're still getting recompensed for that in different things. And I believe that we should look at their examples and ask them Mm. as a group or as a whole. And I mean that they went through just as much as we did, or even more, because of what, well, I I don't know of more. I wouldn't, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I don't know about more. Because, again, uh, just on raw count, the six million Jews that were estimated killed during the Holocaust, during slavery, it was but estimated I know it's 600 more than million. Us, you know, I mean, I mean, it's more than we are more than they are, but it's just a it's just a matter of like just asking them or looking at their example. And there it is. We appreciate. We that. love you, baby. I love you too. Thank you, Bye-bye. my sweetness. Y'all, we talked about it today. We talked about this thing called reparations. Should we and could we as African people receive it from the United States of America? And what a show it was. And there it is. And my daddy came up with, and I want you to run the plan one more time, baby, because we don't know. This show could reach the very ears that could make a difference. Hey. Give it to them. And the short answer, three three tiers of the hierarchy. 5%, 10%, 15% taxed. 15% 15% is the highest tax that the richest people of African-American descent would pay, 10%, 15 and that would last for as long as slavery did. So once that's over, I think that would give individuals an opportunity to kind of catch up to some degree. And then after the end of that, let's say 250 years, whatever's happening at that time. Come on. Okay, we're going to roll it back and we're going to catch up because there was an opportunity for us to get ahead because we were behind. And what that would also show is that our white brothers and sisters who are making these laws because they far outnumber anybody of any ethnicity, what that would say is you care too. You Mm -hmm. care about what happened in the past and how it's affecting the present. And you're saying that though I wasn't responsible for doing that to black people, I was responsible for helping them to get what they receive because of my forefathers and the founding fathers of this country. Come on, baby. You want to be better? You want to be better and be the best you can be? And when your children look at your picture 100 years from now, what will they say about thee? Because y'all know the pictures we look at now of our white forefathers. Y'all know what we're saying? Y'all know what we're saying. They did crimes against humanity. What will they say 100 years from now? We talked about it, baby. Reparations. Reparations. What you going to leave them with? What you going to leave them with? We want to thank y'all for staying with us and playing with us today because, like I always say, you could have been doing anything else. And what we do want to tell y'all, if you're doing this, January 26th and 27th, if you want to come laugh, we're going to be at the Improv in Oxnard, California, and January 19th and January 20th, we're going to be in West Nyack. At Levity Live, baby, putting it down. And this Saturday, January the 6th, we're going to be in Buffalo, New York, giving it to them. It's a snow blizzard right there, baby. Don't worry about it. We bringing the heat. Don't worry about it. Come on. We want to thank y'all, babies, for joining in, tuning in, and having a good time today. And we want to thank you for every ear, every heart, and every mind because you could have been doing something different. Tell a friend, tell another friend, then tell more friends. Go to Radio.com and click on Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Now, like my daddy always says, 
The mind is like a parachute. It is no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.